Praise God. I am uh, going to have you seated. Uh, you know, Bishop likes to shake things up. He didn't like things to stay the same. And uh, the last few months, he's been kind of messing with us a little bit. I hope he's not watching. <laughs> Take the chance. And uh, traditionally, a uh, preacher or minister takes the pulpit or whatever. Everybody stands, gets ready to read the text. He asks everybody to stand. Now, we don't really know what to do <laughs> as far as being seated or being stand. I mean, standing. Uh, but just for the sake of uh, the atmosphere and what's here, what I feel is here already, I'm going to let you be seated. Um, it's very, very difficult for me to um, come into this building and keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's not very many places like this, but uh, you know how when you walk into your home, Everything changes because what this is this is your house um, when I come here, I realize and know that pastor and sister Simpson this is their congregation this is their but I feel like this is home and uh, like no place else when I come here things just open up just and there's just a flow here and a flow there. And all of a sudden, when I walk in the door, there's nothing to say. There's 50 things to say. So I get very uh, kind of beside myself trying to figure out what exactly is pertinent today. What does God want to say today? You know, there are those that know how to play the crowd, work the crowd, uh, use the anointing for their own. I never learned that. My goal is to allow the anointing to use me, not use it. And whatever the Lord would desire to do or say here today, I hope you... Uh, receive it as such um, in some ways um, after preaching for many many years now I remember when I, I wanted to be the polished preacher I, I wanted to you know everything had to be but after about 15 years under Bishop's Rights Ministry it's like he went and got my favorite teddy bear, ripped the seams, and shook all the stuffing out. 
so that desire to pulpiteer, be that orator, uh, you don't even have a clue of how desperately I wanted to be that. Um, but after submitting to what I felt like the call of God was in Bishop's teaching, I just kind of let some of that, well, all of that just go by the wayside and have given myself to whatever God wants to say, whatever he wants to do, I'm willing to do that. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, you don't even realize what you've done until months later. Sometimes you don't even realize, you don't even understand what you're saying. I know that may sound strange to some, but you got to understand we serve a living God. And I'm only a channel that the spirit of the living God can flow through. Some things you will understand and know, and there'll be other things that he'll just let flow by. And won't allow you to touch it until sometime later. And uh, with that in mind, um, you probably heard one of the the best or the greatest communicators in Pentecost this morning, if you paid attention. Pastor David Wright is probably one of the greatest communicators that I know. And I'm sure if you gave ear to what was said here this morning, uh, it will go a very, very long way in your life. So if you were here this morning, you were very, very privileged to hear. Um, I think Bishop has kind of kept him hid for a long time. <laughs> but uh, I think he's somehow finding his way out of that as God leads. But I didn't come here this evening attempting or even trying or even wanting to to preach to you a, a masterpiece. But uh, as he does often, you know, the Lord can catch you in any situation and speak to you. You can be washing your face, getting ready in the morning. And while you're grabbing your toothbrush, well, the Lord's like, I want to talk to you. And if you got an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, the Lord can help you to avoid a lot of pitfalls and a lot of hurt and problems in your life if we just learn to listen. Um, I think the greater portion of us, especially when we're younger, we just want to do our own thing. We don't care what anybody says. But anyway, um, the Lord often catches me while I'm walking down the sidewalk doing menial stuff, washing a car. The other day I was walking the sidewalk and I, my wife and I were sharing a dog with our fam with, with our girls, so they got us walking dogs now. <laughs> and while I was out with him for about 45 minutes or so, 
I felt like the Lord dropped something in my heart, and it, 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 it amazed me, and I want to share that with you. I thought about this, and I pray about this congreg- congregation of people very much. I don't take the opportunity lightly at all when I come here. My wife, nor I, and uh, I know a lot of times, if you want to know how powerful God is, it's for me to sit back there in that chair and keep my mouth shut (laughs) and not say anything. And that's not saying the Holy Ghost is not talking, but it's just wanting to be right with God and be in order with what's going on and knowing that there is a time for everything. And so... Um, I'm asking you this evening, uh, just, just, just receive it as such, and if it helps you, um, to God be the glory. Uh, but I have a message for somebody here, and I want you to hear it, because you can get lost in the work of God. You can get lost in doing the will of God and forgetting the purpose, the need, the goal, the prize. You can forget about Jesus sometimes. Just And the words that came to me while I was walking down the sidewalk was, God is not unfaithful. I know that sounds simple, but there are people in this room that have given themselves to God that are waiting for answers from God and haven't gotten them yet. And, and they're, they're doing, taking a second breath and giving themselves and they're still wondering, God, are you really going to do this? I'm here to tell you, my God is not unfaithful. God is going to do everything that he promised that he would do. Not just in this body collectively, but in individual lives, God is just waiting for the opportunity for things to fall in place, in sync, so that he can manifest his will and purpose and plan in your life. He's not faithful. Don't give up. Don't get frustrated with him. Amen. I've been doing this now for for, for 30 plus years, and I'm telling you right now, it's easy to get frustrated with God because he doesn't work on the same plan that you do. He doesn't work on the same clock that you do. Amen. You may look at it and say, well, Lord, I've done what you told me to do. And there's still months, years sometimes later before God even begins to remotely, remotely close answer or manifest the thing that you've you've asked him for but God in his wisdom knows exactly when and how to manifest the thing in your life amen so don't grow weary in your waiting on him don't grow weary in your waiting for him to do what he said he would do because he surely will do it. Amen. 
Our problem is we've got to submit our whole being to him and say, God, whatever, however you choose to do it, whenever you choose to do it, Lord, I'm here. Amen. Some of us need to make up our mind. I'm not going nowhere. There's nowhere else to go. Amen. I've tried all. I tried this and I've tried that and, and I've gave myself to this and I gave myself to that. And, and I was blessed to walk through those doors and experience what I've experienced and hear what I'm hearing. So, Lord, I have nowhere to go. Just like Jesus told his disciples, he said, would you go also? And they said, to whom we going to go? Some of us need to make up our mind. This is where I am. This is where God has called me. This is what I'm going to be a part of. This is the group. This is my home. This is my calling. This is my purpose. You need, like pastor said, you need to get all in. You need to get all in. Amen. Uh, it's easy. It's easy when it's taking longer than you think to get frustrated. It's easy. But I'm here to tell you, if you wait on God, you'll never, ever be disappointed. You will never, ever be disappointed. Amen. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. God is not unfaithful, folks. How many of you believe that right now? Another thing he told me to tell you in the midst of your frustration. Again, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you've been talking to. I don't know what you've been saying in your prayers. But he told me to tell you to stay in the process. Stay in the process. We've come to, you know, it's like the, the, the S word. And this is not a cuss word. But for those of you that been around Antioch for a while, you know what the, the dreaded S word was. Shame. Everybody, everybody, oh man, Bishop would come to preach and it was like everything had shame dripping off of it. <laughs> it was the truth. But he told me to tell you, stay in the process. Folks get in, they're in the process and don't even realize where they are. You're in the hand of God. It's easy. God could do it overnight. He could do it instantaneously. But he has chosen to use processes, situations, and circumstances to work it out in you. You got to stay in the, you got to commit to the process. Some of you don't even realize where you are. You're right in the hand of God. And God is in the midst of making you something. But he's still working. Stay in the process. Don't get frustrated with him. I, uh, I was, um, well, one thing I never wanted to do. I never wanted to, to ever do the diet thing. And if you do diets, God bless you. But I, I, I never wanted to get on. I couldn't see myself riding that roller coaster. You know, one three-month period, man, you're slim and trim, lean and mean and fighting machine. 
and then nine months later, you can barely get off the couch. Not necessarily because you're so big, but your metabolism has slowed down so that you don't even want to move. And so the pounds start piling on. Well, I found out there's another way that all this catches up with you, too. And that's called age. Now, if I had this service about 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I would have did just like a helicopter. (laughs) And it would have been popping in on, gone. And I'd been out the door. But I'm getting older now. So we gotta look we gotta move a little bit more deliberately, a little more slowly, make sure we say exactly what we mean to say. But that's what happens when you when you when you get older. You you slow down just you know a little bit. But in the process of slowing down, you you tend to pack on a few pounds. And Thank you for not noticing, but I'll tell you, in the past 10 years or so, probably picked up a little more weight than what I really wanted. And uh, I was, when I was walking down the sidewalk the other day, I thought, well, I need to get on the scale. I've been on this little diet now for about a week. Go ahead, get your laugh out. I want you to get it out. But I'm I'm on this diet for a week now, and, and if you don't know it, I have a daughter who's, you know, she's playing the drill sergeant. She's, and she's making sure that I eat a certain amount of calories. I get a certain amount of activity, and every evening we got to report it. <laughs> and after that week you know every week you got to weigh in so I climbed up when we started out I knew what my weight was or thereabout I kind of fudged it a little bit and uh, well when it came time to get on it the second week she kept telling me encouraging me to dad you need to get on the scale see what's happening And I got on the scale, Brother Charles, and it said that I had gained weight. Uh, I thought, that that is not right. (laughs) Scale, you are a liar. (laughs) You are a liar. I don't believe that. But then I had to go back and be truthful. Because I started out with a lie. Hey, you, 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 you got it though, didn't you? Didn't, didn't, didn't. The sister says you got it, right? <laughs> I'm waiting for it to just kind of wave on. <laughs> and so when I stepped on that scale the second time, if you start in a lie, you're going to, it's, it's going to tell you a lie. I said I was at one weight, and I got there on the second time when I got there, it says, well, you weigh more than that now. <laughs> so I had to go back and say, well, how much did I really weigh? 
So I went in and punched my real weight in. <laughs> you all are laughing. But I, I got frustrated really, really quick. I was ready to get off the diet after one week. I was ready to cash it all in. I was ready to say, forget that. And I was ready to tell my daughter, you just stay over on the other side of the street. Leave me alone. Because this thing is not working for me. Remember the process. Submitting to the process. Well, in order to reach your desired goal, you've got to submit wholly to the process. You've got to start off in truth. Not in a lie. You got you got you got to start in truth. You got to be honest with God. God knows, but do you know? God knows, but are you ignoring? God knows, but I don't want to see that. No, that's not me. <laughs> And I had to, I mean, I was getting ready to throw the towel in after one week. Brother Fox, I was getting ready to say, forget that. I ain't putting myself through that. I know I ain't that heavy. And I thought, you know what? You need to go back. And put your right, the correct weight in this deal so that we can go on. Some of us are expecting some things that God can't do because we're not being. (laughs) You can't begin in a lie and then. Expect that lie to be built up, built up, built because when you get to the end. You're still lying. Is this all right? So I had to make up my mind whether or not I was going to stay in the process or not. Because through this process, it was telling me that it could take me from where I was and I could lose a pound and a half a week and I could reach my goal. How many of you want to reach your goal? You really want to reach your goal? Then you're going to have to stay in the process. You're going to have to let God work it out. You're going to have to be truthful with every aspect of the process. No fudging. We, we, we live on fudge. <laughs> Some of us make a diet of fudge. well if you're not aware the Holy Ghost is being real kind (laughs) stay in the process and when I plug the correct numbers into that program My, fan, my pants started fitting better. 
I climbed on there today. In two weeks' time, I've lost seven, seven and a half pounds. Two weeks' time. I'm still eating. Not eating all the things that I want to eat, but, you know, all the sweets and all the stuff that just kind of puff us up a little bit. But the process is what God uses. I know you know this. I know you know this. But I don't want you to get frustrated in it because sometimes the process the process takes longer than what you think. It just takes longer. We want it to work overnight. We want it to work in three steps and wang. You know, maybe, maybe a month, maybe a month. But after that, if, if stuff's not happening, you know, it's kind of like a budget, you know, first of the year, I'm going to get on a budget and I'm going to save some money. And most of the time by February 14th, when it's time to buy chocolate candy, we've blown that budget already because nobody wants to do what? Stick with the process. But if you stick with the process, there's a reward at the end. Is there anybody hearing me? At the end, there is a reward. Whatever it is that you're looking for is at the end if you stay in the process. Don't grow frustrated with what you think the process should be doing. In your life, because there are some mornings that you will wake up in the process and you will be, you know, oh boy, I got this thing together. And the next day, it's like that thing has turned on you and you, you just want to quit. You just want to give up. I grew so frustrated when I looked at those numbers. I'm like, man, I'm not putting myself through this. I'm, I'm not doing it. It's too, exactly, it's too much. It's too much. But when I went home and, 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 and adjust some things, my perspective over the process changed. Is anybody hearing me here today? Because you don't have to go through with a bad attitude. You don't have to. Bad attitude inside with a smile on the outside. That's like walking into a, a house where you get the smell of bleach. It just bang, hits you in the nose. And you know, those that have been through the process, it's often, Brother Simpson, I find that people don't want to talk to people that have been through the process. They get advice from everybody else. And they don't have a clue how to spell Jesus. But those are the people they want to talk to. You know? But Jesus doesn't work like that. And 
I think after 30 years, some of us would have figured this thing, figured that out. But some of us, we're, we're just kind of, now you got preached to this morning. <laughs> okay. I'm sure pastor preached a wonderful message. We're two different cats. Okay. We're just two different cats. I love him to death like a brother and he knows it. But I can't do David right. Okay. But he can't do me. Okay. But some of us, if you want to know what it's going to be like, how the process is supposed to work, you probably need to go find somebody who's, who's been where you are. Rather than going to somebody that ha- doesn't even have a clue about what's going on in your life. That's, that's part of submitting to the process. Because some of us, we just submit our ear to the wrong person. And they just have us foolishly hoping for something that will never be. Oh, God. I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> Don't go frustrated with the process. God's at work in you. God's at work in you. God's working out in your life. Right now, it's been, I got saved in 1981. And this is what? Almost 2020. How many years is that? A lot. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. And you know, even after all that time today, if I would have thought that I would be where I am today, 38 years ago, I would have quit a long time ago. I would have quit. But thank God, there are those that have been through the process that I fixed my eyes on them. Watch them grow through. Watch God work it out in their lives. And if God can work it out in their lives and transform them into his image, into his likeness, then Lord, you can do it to me. And it's all dependent upon who? Not anybody else, but, but me. Amen. But if you submit to the process, I promise you, you will never, never, never be disappointed in what God is doing. I found this, this, this was a high point in that little 30, 40 minute walk with the dog the other day. And uh, I touched on it sitting here with my friend, Brother Bryant, a few minutes ago. Um, after living for God for, for whatever amount of years that was, 38 years, I found that people told me, you better not ask God why. 
don't, don't, don't ask God why. And I thought it was some deep, dark, spiritual thing that God had going on that I just didn't understand. But as I was, and I, you know, some things God just says, here, let me show you. Because you, you, you just, you're just not getting it. And, and I've told people this for years. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been living for God. You don't know until God tells you. And you better make sure you understood what he said. Because, you know, folks, listen for the voice of God. Folks said, don't ask God why. Like, I thought God was going to strike me down because I asked, Lord, why, why are you going through this trial? Why are you going through? Lord, how come this difficulty? I can't. What, what's, why? Lord, why, why did I have to go through a cancer treatment? Why did I have to go through a, a, a broken home? Why did I have to go through this, this disease? Lord, what, what's up with that, God? <laughs> and I'm walking the dog down the street, and the Lord says, it's all right if you want to ask why. And you talk about relief. You're not going to smack me? <laughs> You're not going to take me out? He says, no. He says, this is what he said to me now. He says, you can ask why, but when you ask why, not just be ready for the answer. It's, it means that you're still in the midst of the process. You're still in the process. You're not at the end. You ain't about to get to the end. <laughs> you're still in the throes of the process. You still need to submit and surrender. But why? And, of course, we know along with why comes what? Complaint. And complaint makes it what? Worse. It's like a stubborn stain on a shirt or a dress. You know, the more you try to get it out, the more it seems like it's just down in the fiber and you just finally get to the place where you got to decide what you're going to do with this garment. <laughs> I, I, I like the, 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 the uh, song that you were singing the other day. You, you know, some of those things you just got to shout, shout it out. <laughs> You laugh. You laugh. And I know it's, it's comical. But you know what? One of the first things I learned living for God, there are some things you're just not going to change. You just need to learn to go shout somewhere. You need to go ahead and shout and dance and worship until your attitude changes because God's not going to change. Because he has a plan. He's not going to deviate from his plan. God hasn't changed his mind. God's not going to change his mind. 
Not probably. He's not going to change his mind. God's not going to kill your husband and give you a new one. No, he didn't. Yes, I did. He's got you right where he wants you. Oh, hallelujah. I'm starting to feel something now. No, we want the, we want the situation to change, but God's got us right in the middle of what he's doing. And when that potter's hands is wrapped around that clay, I'm sure if that clay could speak, he's not saying, oh, that feels so good. But that potter squeezing and bending and molding and shaping, that doesn't feel good. It's called the process. And God will use whatever or whomever that he has to to bring you to the place where he wants you to be. Amen. God will turn your life upside down to fulfill his purpose and plan in your life. I'm telling you as a living witness, God will turn your life upside down. You will think God has abandoned you. Because in our folly, sometimes we go, Sister Simpson, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, Lord. And when you say that to God, you know what? He believes it. He believes you. Amen. And he, I remember, I just used this one, a personal one. And I may have used it here before, but if I did, please forgive me. But I married a spiritual lady. And she didn't get spiritual just last month. She was spiritual when I met her. She was used of God when I met her. I was in awe of her when I met her. And when we found out it was the will of God to be married, I told God, I said, God, boy, I got a gem. (laughs) I thought I was on easy street, right? I said, Lord... If you ever have a problem talking to me, Lord, and I won't listen, speak to my wife, Lord, because I know she hears from you. I I did that. And then all of a sudden, there's a call of God on my life and her life. That's why I take her everywhere I go, because this calling is not about me by myself. This is her and I together. This is ministry together. One without the other is no good. Okay? But we had to, we didn't just learn how to work together from day one. (laughs) No, 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 no. We didn't learn, no. Man, there was some bang, bang. <laughs> there was some, you know, work it out. 
You had to decide, okay, you said it was the will of God. Is it the will of God today? It don't always feel like the will of God. Is this helping anybody here? Brother Simpson, is this all right? I'm trying to help you. Because if you think everything that looks like a rose smells like a rose... And buddy, we, we, we went at it and I found out that I was stubborn. I found out I was self-centered. I found out some real ugly stuff about me, not because she said it all, but the Lord's like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had to go home and I had to bow the knee many a days. To let God continue to work on me. But today, when the Lord had a novice green wannabe preacher, his wife is leading him around by the nose. You see, all of the struggle that we went through, and you'd say, well, Brother Middleton, would God take you through all that? You know what? I'm going to be, can I be transparent and you not think any less? There were times where my electricity was turned off. There were times we didn't have anything. There's times we didn't have any oil in the furnace and it was cold. Just hard things. You know, there are some of us that sit on, on the pew and it's, it's like, uh, I got an eviction notice. God's got to do something. Well, what do, you, what do you do when you get eviction notice and God doesn't do anything? He lets the evictors come. And pile your stuff up on the sidewalk. Are you still in the process? You still believe in God or you want out? Well, I can't believe God would do that. You underestimate God. <laughs> I see I see young preachers younger than I am. You know, they they get a couple of suits and brand new necktie and they wife is all done up, man, and they're you know, they got it going on. But as soon as they get to the door, mama's calling the shots. I don't even know why I am here. (laughs) Mama's calling the shots and ordering everybody around. And Well, the Lord allowed me to go through all of what we went through. Now, there was learning on both sides, okay? Don't think there's going to be two people going through something and only one priest doing it for one person. There are those of us that sit and think, well, I'm waiting on you. You ain't waiting on me because he's dealing with you too. He's just, are you listening? (laughs) 
It ain't got nothing to do with fair. It's right. Because God has a plan. God has a purpose. And he can't work his purpose until everything is falling in line. Some of you are wondering where you are. Are you still in the process? God have mercy. Are you still in the process? Young preachers, I see them there, you know. And you know what? What if they got all the fire in the world? They could preach a house of fire. But buddy, when it comes to real life issues, they don't have a clue. And you, it's kind of like watching a bow-legged person at about a mile away. You can tell they're bow-legged, but <laughs> and you can see it from way off. And they wonder, when they get close, and they wonder why, why, why you treat me, because I see some things about you that you probably don't recognize. You go and talk to all your, your younger younger preacher buddies, but they're not going to tell you this kind of stuff. But the older ones that have been around a little while, they, they can spot you a mile away. <laughs> you notice all the, the young bucks hang together? Not very many young bucks hang with the older guys. Because the younger guys, I mean, the older guys have got one thing in mind. Son, do you realize what's going on? <laughs> I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. And they get all twisted up sometimes. And you got to wait for them to come back around. And they do. I'll go back this way. <laughs> But he, he said it. He said, been there. But you want to see what the process has done? This is what the process will do. This is the benefit of sticking in the process, staying with it. And in those days when you want out, you know, it's kind of like on, 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 on Sunday morning. Or Sunday afternoon when they're playing football and, and, it, and it's down at, at about the middle of the third quarter and everybody's exhausted. And the coach says, go in there and grind it out. Sometimes that's exactly what you got to do. You don't want to do it, but you need to do it. And you go in there and you suck it up and you grind it out. Because there's an end in sight. There's a prize in sight. Is this making sense to anybody or am I just beating my gums here? But there's a prize in sight. But if you don't stay in the process, you forego the prize. I've had a couple of times, actually it's been more than that, 
When I've asked the Lord that dreadful question, that fearful question of why, and uh, he showed me why. But you know what? Hear me. You don't get the why in the middle of the process. You don't get that answer in the middle of the process. Joseph went through everything that he went through, not having a clue as to why he was going through it. He didn't have any people in mind. He just knew that he had a bunch of arrogant uh, brothers who just wanted to take him out. But in the process, men may have one agenda. And God will allow them to do what they are wanting to do, save your life. Sometimes we go through things and we feel like, I'm about to die. You ain't about to die. You just had a difficult place in the process. Sometimes you suffer that at the hands of people. Sometimes it's circumstances. It's a lot of things depending on what the situation is. But when Joseph's life as we know it, not came to an end, but when he got to the end of all of this stuff that he was going through, what did the Lord say? He says, they meant it for evil. But I meant it for good. What do you mean you meant it for good, God? He says, I want to save much people. Alive. Joseph, everything you went through is to prepare you so that you could be the source where other people would be able to find life. Everything you went through, Joseph, not one thing was just out of sync. Joseph, I saw every step. Joseph, I heard every lie. Joseph, I saw every tear that you cried, Joseph, but I want you to understand. They meant it for one reason, but I allowed him to do it and allowed them to form you in my hand, in my image. Does that make sense? That's what the purpose, I mean, his, his process does. There are some now, Brother Simpson, they said, well... I'm going to see if I can check out of this process real soon. How do you know when you're about ready for another one? Another, you know, there is a graduation day. Actually, when he shows you why, that's like a graduation day, Sister, Sister um, Valley. When the, you're walking down the road, mind your own business, and the Lord says, okay, turn around, look back. You spent those years walking in confusion, walking in doubt, walking in frustration. Da, 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 da. But now I can show you why. 
And when he causes you to turn and look back and you see why, there's no pain that day. There's, there's only tears of joy. It says, Lord, I, I, I didn't know that's what you would do. No, you didn't, because if you did know, you'd run. But when he tells you why, it's like graduation day. It's like getting that high school diploma. It's like getting that college degree. You know, that college degree is only... You, the stuff in college you learned in high school. Stuff you learned in high school, just a modified version of what you learned in elementary school. But what's the sense of, of, of college? You know what it is? They want to know if you can commit to the process. That's what they want to know. They know it's repetitive. But they want to know anyway. Will you submit to this? Will you submit to this Mickey Mouse? You submit to these games? Submit to this testing? But I learned this a long time ago. Well, that's why those who graduate from college and get their college degrees, when they go and find a job, they often get uh, a larger pay increase than those that haven't submitted to the process. Is this all right? I'm trying to help you, and I'm just about done because I really wanted to get you out of here early because we had a bunch of services this weekend, and we've got meetings tomorrow morning and Wednesday morning, and so we still got a lot more to go. But to those of you that can hear my voice, hear the Lord's voice in this today, if you can hear it and you can receive it, and accept where you are in the process. And without knowing all the whys and the hitherto's and what for's. And you can trust him. Trust him to bring you out on the other side. Trust him to take you through. Because by his grace is the only way that we'll make that. The process is real, folks. Why? Because I'm working in your life right now. Why? Because there's something bigger and better going on than you can see. But I don't understand. But I know what I'm doing. I will tell this congregation. I was waiting for the opportunity to tell it. The Lord has placed you. 
in a specific place. It wasn't just desires of men to place you where you are today. You're part of this body. God has a plan. And it's not an empty plan. If you're a part of this church, I believe in the plan and purpose of God. You were handpicked by God. And God has, is giving you the opportunity to be a part of something great. If I was going to title this and I was really going to preach this, I'd probably title it something like this, An Invitation to Greatness. Because what, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Because what God wants to do in this city Man can't do that. And he's giving you, giving you the opportunity to be a part. Not by demanding. Not by demanding, but simply by giving you an invitation. Either you believe it or you don't. Either you accept it or you won't. But if you believe it, you say, Brother Middleton, that's kind of, kind of a vague, a call to greatness. Well, I want to do great things. No, 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 no. You don't understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about on the level with Abraham. Do you understand what happened at the call of Abraham? Do you honestly think that Abraham was the only one that heard from God? Do you honestly believe that? In that, in the midst of paganism, idol worship, God was looking for a man. God was looking for any man that will obey. And when that call went forth, that heathen Abraham got up on his feet and he says, I think I want that. Packed up his stuff. He said, Abraham, if you believe me, get up and get out and leave everything that you know. And when you get to where I want you to know, get you to where, where I want you to be, I'll tell you. One night, he was outside of the will of God. The next night, 10 steps, he was in the will of God. God, how come you couldn't do that last night? How come you didn't give me that message last night? No, no, because I wanted you to make sure you were. You see, we think Abraham was something special. Abraham was just like you and me, full of unbelief, doubt, fear. But one day, when the voice of the living God captured his attention, 
Do you know what faith looks like? How many of you got faith? Why don't you stand to your feet? I want you to answer the question. How many of you have faith? Raise your hands. You got faith? All of you that got faith, answer this question. What does faith look like? Preachers, what does faith look like? You don't have a clue, do you? But I got a revelation for you. You know what faith looks like? And it's something that each and every one of us can do. Faith looks just like obedience. Faith looks just like obedience. How do you know you got faith? Because when you hear, otherwise than that, you're left in the dark. You don't know anybody has faith until they says he moved with the Are you ready to obey God? Are you ready to fully obey God and step into the process instead of resisting the process? Are you willing to submit your life to the process and say, Lord, however you want to do it, do it, Lord. And make it not just a mental question or answer would make it a move or a step of faith I believe you and you step in to the will of God anybody want to step into the will of God today is there anybody want to step in to the will of God but Lord this looks impossible Is it, it is impossible but if you'll obey me and obey my word, I'll show you the impossible. Shake ya la no boku toro lo bush. I want you to go to God, please. 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 Brother Milton, he he doesn't know what's going on here. He and I we hug necks and, and all that. We don't call each other, so, you know, hey, this is going on, this is going on. Now, he gave a very specific. If I was to meet him at the service and begin to disclose, I mean word for word. If, if, any, if anyone questions God speaking, God is speaking tonight, folks. And some of you may, if it's not for you, God is speaking to some people tonight. I mean, verbatim, this is just, I mean, it's, it's crazy, God. Now, I want to give him the mic. I have not spoken to Brother Middleton, 
about anything that he has said. Not one word. If anyone in this building is thinking, well, Brother Middleton has been talking to Brother Simpson, we have not talked at all. So all I want to say, he has the mic. God is speaking to you folks. I could have done this in at least a couple of different ways. But when I came in here this evening, that river just started flowing. That's all I can tell you. And I felt felt the connection of God here tonight. I don't have any specifics as to say faces. I could probably, if a gun was to my head, I could probably pick a couple of you out, but that's about it. But I think this is more than just one or two people here. I think this is something that God is wanting to deal with each and every one of us individually. My altar call today is going to be this. We talked about faith. You say you have faith. Obey the voice that's been talking to you tonight. Do whatever you've got to do to obey his voice that has been talking to you today. If he's telling you to go to the last pew in the building and bend over and pour your heart out, then do that. If he's telling you go stand in the corner where there's nobody else, if he's telling you, if he's telling you just stoop down right where you are. I'm not a peeping Tom. I don't want to know your business. I got enough trouble dealing with my own life, trying to keep it straight. But the Spirit of the Lord is so graciously moved in this place today and spoken to lives. And I would dare say it's not just those that are sitting on the pew. It's some that have been sitting on this platform. Amen. It's some of you that occupy a seat on this platform. God's been talking to you. And you've been resisting him. God's talking to you. Come on, open your heart, open your spirit, and let the Lord, let the Lord in you get some things right, get some things straight here. Come on.
You need to stay in the process. Grind it out. You need to go on and grind it out. Regardless of how you feel about what's going on, what's not going on. In the name of Jesus Christ. When you pass, when you pass that test, when you finally get through to the other side, there'll be a certificate of completion for you. That'll be an answer to the, the question of why. It'll be your answers right there. And then you'll know that God had it all the time. This is why. This is what was going on. This is what I'm doing in your life right now. In the name of Jesus. Nobody's holding you back. Nobody's making it hard on you. It's God working in your life right now. It's the hand of God dealing and, and, and prodding in your life to make sure that you're ready to occupy that place that he has prepared for you. Yes, church, come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, he'll answer the question, but you're going to have to submit to the process, you're going to have to complete the process, in the name of Jesus Christ. Anybody want their certificate? Anybody want their diploma? Anybody want their uh, 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 proof of completion? I give myself away. He'll give you the answers, but you got to stay in. I give You got to stay in. Oh, it's such a treasure day, such a treasure day when he reveals to you why, when he lets you know, oh, this is what I've been doing. I couldn't show you before now, but now that you have submitted and surrendered yourself to my process, I can reveal it all to you. It's not man, I give myself but it's me. It's been my hand that's been working. Don't resist my hand. Don't resist what I've been doing in your life. He's in your hand. 